Uh, welcome to Shift, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your exam. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Also, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now let's get started. So today we've got Joan Casey on uh, the show with us. Joan, do you want to introduce yourself and tell a little bit about you and your company? Sure. Um, My name is Joan Casey and our practice, we're called Educational Advocates College Consulting. We're educationaladvocates.com. And we have a team of consultants that guide high school and college students seeking to transfer through the process. We work with all students, but we do have um, a specialty in working with students with learning differences as well as students with anxiety and depression. We also work with student athletes and we love our clients. Uh, We've got some great parents we work with and great students and we love the work we do. Great. Fantastic. Um, And so with that wealth of experience and admissions, would love to talk to you today about test optional and the impact of it, right? I think this is something that you were really specifically like, I I think this would be a really good topic to talk about. So if you want to take kick it off here. (laughs) Yes. So a little bit of history. I mean, I think that some of the first colleges in our country went test optional somewhere back in like 1969, believe it or not. I I think Mm -hmm. Bowdoin College was one of the first. And you know, and I'd say over, you know, the past um, decade, more and more colleges have gone test optional. So what that means is you can apply to colleges and the college permits you to apply without submitting an SAT or an ACT score. So, of course, mm-hmm. this really all took off when COVID hit because I think it's for current uh, college ooh, sophomores, juniors, I'm, I'm getting mixed up, but there was that year where nobody could get a test. So mm-hmm. uh, unless you took a test that fall, and most students take the SAT in March and, and sometimes the, the ACT in April, COVID, the world kind of shut down, you know, in March 2019. So colleges, mm-hmm. some of them begrudgingly adopted test optional policies. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, students were off the hook. Um, there were always some schools like Georgetown is an example of, you know, they, they have always really liked tests. So even during COVID, they would wanted students to write a statement and say, like, I didn't submit a test because I really couldn't get one. Like, they really wanted to know because if you had a test, they wanted you to submit it. So, you know, what's happened since then is a lot of colleges have started pilot programs. So they're, you know, they've, they've mm-hmm. con- many of them have con- continued to commit to being test optional for the next couple of years. But their goal is to track data to see, is there a difference between the success of students at our college among those who submitted tests versus those who did not? And so many of them have even committed to, you know, staying test optional indefinitely. We also, you know, there there were some um, state university systems like University of Florida that never went test optional. And that has to do with with the, the governance in the state of Florida more so than the policies of the universities. 
And since then, some other, um, because of the similar reasons like Georgia and Tennessee have also returned to requiring tests. The good news with all of those schools is I think they're all schools that will do holistic admission review. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I kind of figured that things would swing back the other way after moving, after so many people moved to test optional so quickly in such a short period of time. Uh, but also, it is interesting that's kind of done by these specific states. I mean, I, I've, I've heard, I've talked to a number of tutors, right? And I mean, they are tutors oftentimes for the SAT and ACT, so maybe they have a point of view. But um, they mostly feel like test optional is, you know, it is optional, but your chances are better if you, if you submit with a test score. So they generally recommend that you submit with a test score. Do you feel like that is, so first off, I guess, do you feel like that's sort of a fair statement? And then second off is, do you feel like that's a fair requirement for state schools? And given that maybe like, you know, public schools in a given state arguably have different goals than private institutions, right? Um, they kind of have a little bit more of a, of an obligation to serve the residents of the state. So I'm curious to kind of about those two points. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think there is definitely some truth to, you know, if you are able to take a yeah. test and score well, and when I say well, that depends on your college list, right? So, you know, the conventional wisdom is if your score falls in the middle 50% right. of the score range from the previous admitted class, then you should probably submit your scores. So, where can students find that information? Sometimes it's on the mm -hmm. college website. They'll have a profile of the previous class, or there's something called the common data set where not all colleges will make that information public, but if they do, you can find it there. Now, there's a, li there's a little twist to that too, because mm -hmm. I think for very, very selective colleges, say schools that are admitting maybe less than 20%, less than 10%, you know, it's often better to actually be in the 50th percentile and make your decision as to whether to submit mm -hmm. your score if you're around there. So being like 25th, you know, to 50th might not be strong enough for some of those schools. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with that policy and I'm not the one making it, but, you know, there are some very selective colleges out there that are telling students, like, if your ACT is below a 34, don't submit it which is kind of shocking seeing that the 34 is, is what, like 98th percentile or something. I mean, it's pretty hot. It's, it's a pretty good score. So what's happened is the scores are just getting elevated. Like the, the, you know, the average scores are just going up and up. Now to your question about are public universities and private universities different. I mean, like everything college, it's so individualized to the college. So um, I think that there are many state universities that will look holistically um, at the student. And, you know, so many of them are still test optional that, you know, if your score doesn't help you, don't send it in because it might hurt you if you send it in and you're below range. Because we have mm -hmm. to remember that colleges are reporting this data out and they always want to look selective. They want to look like they have brought in the strongest students. And if somebody, you know, if a group of students, you know, send in scores and it kind of hurts their data, then they may elect to, you know, waitlist them or deny them. If they waitlist them and they take them later, those those that data doesn't get reported. So it's sort of a, a way that they can get around it. Um, some private institutions, you know, don't care either. I mean, they're, if they're test optional, they really mean it. So one of the things that 
you know, when you see presentations by a lot of the test prep companies, they'll provide a spreadsheet and they'll say, they'll give you, you know, a couple of columns. Mm -hmm. One is like percent admitted with test scores, percent admitted without test scores. And, you know, sometimes you can look at that and say, oh my goodness, like they admitted, you know, 65% of students that admitted test scores. So I am definitely not getting in here if I don't send scores. But that's actually not true because if you are a good candidate, you've taken rigorous classes, you're, you've done interesting things extracurricularly and you've done well in school, it doesn't mean you're not going to get in. However, going back to your point, you know, yes, if you can score well, take the test and practice for it. So I think the message of like going test optional is more for students who just testing isn't the way they show their knowledge. They're just not going to be that good at it. So rather than stress them out and make them feel terrible, you know, give it a good shot. Maybe you'll send it to half your schools, but you won't send it to all of them. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I I think, though, you touched on in both of the responses to the two different points that I made, you touched on the same idea, which is that you know, schools don't want to accept people with low scores. And that's maybe kind of a weird, like, if you're a student, that wouldn't really make sense necessarily. It's like, why do the schools care what the scores are if they if I'm a good candidate? Um, but the reason for that, right, is like the new U.S. News College rankings. They're trying to game the rankings. Is that roughly accurate? Yeah. Yeah, or in, in, in you know different kinds of rankings. I you know I think that they're trying to get away from including average uh, test scores in their ranking, but you know it's also you know they report it in the common data set. They report it to you know the, all the all the government reporting. They report it on their website. Mm-hmm. So you know if the college that they compete with down the street is is having reporting higher average test scores than they are, it you know it's all about perception, how you'll be perceived, you know, different kinds of rankings. It all plays into all of that. I mean, call it, you know, one of, you know, colleges are admitting students to programs in Europe in the fall. And sometimes they're doing that because they don't have to report out there um, that SAT, ACT data in the same way. So there's lots of reasons that, you know, they, they get around that. Um, I think there was, I, I think this is still in effect with U.S. News that, that if you, um, you can't have more than a certain percent of your class that you admit test optional, you know, or, you know, oh, really? it, or it gets flagged on the rankings. Yeah. Or at least that's how it ha- has been historically. So, so colleges are very sensitive to the U S news, even though they all complain about the rankings and say they don't like them. <laughs> they are all still participating in them with a few exceptions like Reed college. So, you know, they definitely have a hold on people. So, Um, But I think that, you know, there's enough research out there that shows that highly qualified students that don't submit scores do perform just as well at the college as those who did submit scores. So, you know, didn't we all go to high school with kids that did no work and, and, you know, never turn their homework in, but they were really smart and they could ace the SAT? But do you necessarily want that kid at your school? No, you probably would rather have the plugger. (laughs) <laughs> the harder worker that pulls it out and gets A's and maybe isn't such a great test taker. Or you want the want both. Right. That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the the whole re- sort of reason behind test optional being like a like a social movement, I think, is is based around that idea that there are kids that are good students but not good test takers. 
And I guess my question to you is, right. like, in your experience, do you feel like that is a, a... Do you feel like that sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, stereotype is not the right word, like, archetype? Do you feel like that archetype right. exists? And if so, you know, it. let's say you are one of these people that doesn't necessarily um, test very well, like, how do you essentially prepare your your application slash like resume so to speak for submitting without a test score like what are the best ways to kind of make sure it's all rounded outside of the test so there's absolutely are students that fall into this category and you know apply and get into you know very selective schools mm-hmm. so that the, you know we've we've had quite we have quite a few clients and um, you know, why are they not good test takers? Who knows? So sometimes they like excel in the reading, but not so much in the math and things like that. So mm-hmm. now, of course, we also have students that are, you know, average students and they are also not great test takers, but they're, you know, they're applying to colleges that are appropriate for them. So it's fine. So what do students do to differentiate themselves? Honestly, I don't think they really do anything different. If they've concluded that this school, they have a shot at the school based on their leadership, their extracurricular activities, their rigor of their course choices, uh, their grades, then they're going to apply and they're not necessarily going to change how they, they're going to work just as hard as they would on their application if they were submitting scores. They're going to write a good essay. They're going to write good activities descriptions. Um, now, you know, there, I, there might be students that don't have a test score that will say, I'm not going to bother applying to Georgetown because I know they like scores my scores are terrible. I'm going to have to report them to them. So I'm just taking that school off my list. But mm-hmm. most schools, for the most part, if they are test optional and the student is qualified academically, there's no reason they shouldn't apply. And there's no reason to think that they wouldn't be given strong consideration. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then I think then yeah. kind of the last question I have on this, I mean, so the, you mentioned, you know, the antidote to worrying about your test scores is like having, you know, taking good classes, doing good extracurriculars and having a well-rounded resume. And that all totally makes sense. That's basically like what it, the application should be <laughs> focused on, right? Right, right. Um, but on the other hand, and this is kind of a common refrain from the tutors I talk to, is, uh, you know, the I think it's something like 50% of American high school students have a 4.0 GPA now, which is which mm-hmm. was pretty crazy to me when I heard that. Um, so grade inflation is making it harder to really, like, stand out. I guess, do you have any tips for standing out, you know, beyond just, like, get good grades? Is it is it AP and honors classes? Is it, you know, taking leadership positions in extracurriculars or anything like that? Yeah, I mean it's all of the above. And one thing about grade inflation that that I think I think that term gets used a lot, but I have a diff- I look at it a little differently. Mm-hmm. So I think what's happened is education has changed. So there's much more these days of like an English teacher, you know, giving you feedback on your paper and saying if you want to, you know, earn some extra points, you revise the paper based on my comments and I'll, you know, I'll give you some extra consideration or you know, if you, you know, want to rework some of your math problems, you know, do that and I'll give you some, some extra points. So in my experience, I don't see, I see huge differentiation between our clients. Like I can, I can definitely tell a student that 
that has a transcript that looks like they're applying to a school that will admit less than 10% versus one that admit will apply to one less than 30 and one less than 50. Like mm-hmm. I, they don't look the same to me. So I know people love to say that, and maybe it's true in some communities more than others, but I think they, you know, you can have all A's, but some students are taking a much more rigorous curriculum, as you said, more AP, more honors, more IB. Um, the other things are, you know, for colleges that do review teachers' recommendations, I mean, th- that that can, I mean, it, granted, there are some high schools where the teachers don't have time to write them. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know that that is only going to benefit students if they go to a high school where teachers will write thoughtful letters of recommendation. But those can really make a huge difference in differentiating, you know, those, those really stellar students um, from the pack. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but I yeah I think we kind of need to look not look at it as great inflation, but look at it as like teachers are committed to helping students learn, and those that are willing to take advantage of the opportunities to master their learning are given it, but they don't all take it either. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, in our practice, not everybody has A's. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not seeing that. Yeah. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. One other thing about test optional. Um, I just wanted to mention, you know, and I and I know you know this, but you know, historically, students of color, first generation students, you know, have not performed as well on tests. Even in many ways, you know, um, girls don't do as well on math standardized testing mm-hmm. as as boys have, you know. So there's always been those 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 things. Some of it, you know, it can be a stereotype threat. Like I've been told that, you know. People like me don't do well on tests, therefore I maybe won't do well on the test. There's probably some of that. But, you know, the the test optional movement also hopefully, you know, it, you know, it isn't a fair system when people, you know, can hire, you know, one-on-one tutors and others can't. And, you know, people come from backgrounds where their parents are college educated and others don't. So, of course, it's not an even playing field. So, you know, allowing this this test optional landscape to let students show who they are in another way, I think has been, it's not, it's certainly not solving all our problems with inequity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's maybe done that less than people had hoped, um, right. but I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that as long as it's test option, like I agree with the, with the benefits towards equity of, of a test optional system, because not everybody has the kind of background that would lend to, you know, performing well on a standardized test. Right. Um, and I think that the, uh, the flip side of it is I, or at least my personal point of view is that like, if we made it like no tests, like we took it away, Mm -hmm. that would also take away opportunities from some people that maybe came from a disadvantaged background, but do test really well as a way to like showcase Mm -hmm, their their intelligence and their knowledge. So I think kind of the happy middle, (laughs) like most things in life. Right, like the sort of the right, the, the middle ground is where I think it it ends up being the most valuable, which is kind of in a way where we are. Yeah, I mean, mo- most places are still optional. You know, I mean, you know, they they they, you know, places like I mentioned Georgetown, MIT. You know, well, I mean, MIT is sort of a self-selecting person that's going to apply there anyway. Right. So. <laughs> So they're probably going to have good test scores regardless, is my guess. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, where is that going to take us? Like, what, where is this all headed? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think that 
essentially like it's like a little bit of a repeat of what I just said, but I think that giving everybody the option to do so or not is probably better than a blanket requirement or a blanket ban. Um, I think that there are going to be certain instances where requiring it is important, but you know, these aren't like licensing exams for like, to make sure you're prepared to be a forklift driver. Right. Like it's where it's like, there's like a really relevant reason why it's required. Like these are essentially scores that are meant to give an indication of your future academic performance, but essentially they're just one data point and, you know, maybe data points are hard to come by. And so called and so college admissions officers listening to this or <laughs> saying like, we need that. Right. But I think that, um, you know, what we've proven in the last couple of years, and it'll be interesting to see like the impact of these studies on like, are the test optional students performing better or worse or the same as the right, as the students that submitted test scores. Um, but it may be that we were kind of putting a lot of weight on these test scores to indicate academic performance when that it didn't deserve as much. Right. Um, and we, right. I, I think the jury's kind of still out. Like, I think it'll take, you know, not just a couple COVID classes cause they also have the confounding variable of they were the COVID classes. So they weren't in they right, weren't right. on campus, but I think, you know, in probably like five or 10 years, we can start to say pretty, with a pretty good data set, like whether this plan is working or not. Um, right, right. And so that, I'm, I'm really curious about that, but I, I think, I think test optional is here to stay. And I think that it's just a matter of, you know, how optional is it really? Right. <laughs> that'll, right, right. That'll right, be kind right. of a, a case by case basis, you know, for each school. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah. I think the important thing for students to remember is this: it's never one thing when they're when a college is looking at your application. It's never just the test score. It's never just the transcript. The transcript's the most important thing, but you know it, it's everything all together. And so, you know, it, students need to keep that in mind. And yes, they should try to take a test. They should try to do well on it. But if they don't and they still feel like a college is within their reach academically, they should still try. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, I'm glad it's an option for them now. Yeah, me too. I think it's the, the optionality is definitely better than not. So great. Well, this has been shift a college admissions podcast for a changing world hosted by Tyler from achievable with Joan from her company, educational advocates, college consulting. And if you would like to try Achievable's ACT course, you can try it out for free at achievable.me. And if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout.